Aren't you glad he did? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's bow our heads together. Father, we're so grateful tonight, Lord Jesus, that you, beyond our humanity, looked and saw something, and what you saw was yourself. That part of you that you placed in your people Lord God, how grateful we are for that tonight. I read it years and years ago, and it astounded me with the first time I read it, and every time thereafter, the prophet saying that he'd be a very discouraged person if he didn't believe in election. The more we go on in time, the more I realize what a stability that that is. It's not, it's not just a doctrine. It's part of your character. And it's part of who we are. And it's part of the stability that we have as the people of God. Lord Jesus, we so love you for it, Father. We thank you. As we approach the word tonight, Lord, we're asking that you would help us. That you'd speak to us once again. Lord, you've done it so many times before. But you've told us every time we'd gather here together that you'd be with us. And we can honestly say... We have never, never gathered here or any other place where we've gathered, set aside as worship service, that you ever failed to not show your presence. And we believe tonight then that we're not asking too much, and that we're not petitioning too much to ask you once again to do so. And if we live and we're allowed to come tomorrow, we'll do the same thing again tomorrow. Lord, we pray that you would help us. Father, you see this prayer cross that I have in my hand. For our sister Deborah Lowry, you see, Father, the needs in her body. We're just asking you, Lord, that your healing virtue would go to our sister, that you would help her, Father. We know it's part of our redemptive covenant, that you suffered stripes so that we could be healed. We believe it tonight, Lord. No doubt there's other needs in the building, those that are streaming the service. We ask that you be mindful of us, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn and shake somebody's hand and tell them, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Revelation chapter 22, verse 6. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's even better to be the house of the Lord. Because one of these days, this place here will be annihilated, but we'll have a new body, thank God. Revelation chapter 22, verse 6. Now we come to the end of the prophetic part of, the, of this chapter here when John has um, uh, been able to disclose to us what portion that, that the Lord allowed him to tell us about the city, its design, layout, um, colors, things like that. Now we come to the vindication of the messenger, the message, and actually the one who is going to proclaim the authorship of this book, and this is the Lord Jesus. 
Notice in verse 6, and he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. And the word sayings there is the same word, logos. These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Now we break from here. We looked at it last week and the dialogue comes up between John, between the angel, and between the Lord Jesus. So it kind of shifts between the two. Verse 7 is now, verse 3 rather, uh, between the three. Verse 7 is now the Lord Jesus. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the logos of the prophecy of this book. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Now here comes a very strange and very hard to understand verse. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Wow, I hope my face ain't looking like yours. How in the world could a prophet do that? You may be seated. Well, there's one thing we learn already. Prophets are human beings. I know it's a false doctrine around this message that prophets aren't human. But they are very much so human. Prophets have mistakes. They need to be saved. They need to have the Holy Ghost. They need to be sanctified. Uh, To me, of all the vindications and all the wonderful things that are written in the book of Revelation, to me, this verse right here is one of the greatest that surpasses that this was beyond a human that would move upon this man's heart to disclose his own failures. Now, if this was written by many a modern-day author, if it was written by many modern-day preachers, if it was written by some who want to convince us they are a modern-day prophet in this message, they'd never let us know their mistakes, they'd never let us know their error, they'd never let us know they was rebuked, by the angel of the Lord, praise the Lord. Oh, they had washed their sins through all the memories of this and that and the other and bleach it all out. And by the time they got done, you'd think that man standing in that pulpit was just as spotless as any lamb you ever seen in your life. But that's a lie. Preachers, deacons, trustees, song leaders, musicians, prophets, apostles, teachers, they all need the blood of Jesus. That's right. Now this makes me have such an admiration myself for John, as he's called John the Divine, John the Revelator, which name you desire to place upon John, that John would be so honest and so frank and so open about what he had done. Now we move really from a, from a paradox of the scripture, how that we come from the city that is so beautiful and the streets of gold, gates of pearl, such wonderful, beautiful descriptions 
And then the Lord Jesus moves upon John to close out the book of Revelation. And this would be the closing manner, which would be quite strange, really, because you go from such beauty and from such splendor and from such excellent glory, and then you move over into the 22nd chapter, which goes to talking about obedience and the whoremongers and dogs and liars and all kinds of things like that. And you say, wow, what a way to close out the book of Revelation. Now, looking at that same thing again tonight, we're going to pick it up again by the help of the Lord. And how that John is now going to move from the beauty of the city to the character of the beauty of the people which will make this city their home. Now, especially in Laodicea, no doubt it was bad, of course, in the Ephesian age because the book of Revelation written around 96 AD and it was already beginning, you know, to where people didn't think it was so much their obedience that really mattered, but what did they profess? But no doubt it was nothing compared to what it is now because Laodicea is going to be so drunken on their, their view or their observation of what they think grace really is because we're at the end of the church ages when people are proving that they cannot be trusted at all with the dispensation of grace. The only ones that can really be trusted with the true understanding of the grace of God is going to be the elect. All the other people will become drunken on what they think is the grace of God and that is the alcohol of spiritualism that they will transform grace into disgrace. So they will become spiritually drunken, spiritually drunken. And what does a drunk do? A drunk loses consciousness. A drunk loses their sense. They lose their wits. They lose their ability about them to make decisions. Is that right? So Laodicea is on a spiritual drink which is being handed out under the denominational auspices. And they class every bit of it as the grace of God. So God wants everybody to go just as they are. They don't have to really change. All they got to do is say they're saved. And my, everybody dies. And when they all die, they're all going to heaven. So whether it's a rock and roll stars, if they're country music stars, if they're Hollywood stars, whatever kind of stars, they're all, they're all going to heaven. And I'm going to tell you one thing. If all that Tommy Rot winds up in heaven, count me out. If drunks, whoremongers, liars, drug addicts, and all that winds up in heaven, I don't even want to go. Because you know what? In a week's time, it'll be another Hollywood. It'll be like the backwash of L.A. or the west side of Los Angeles or whatever more. But we know in reality that is not what heaven consists of at all. Now, John is going to, by the Spirit of God, able to wrap up the entirety of this revelation, of the book of Revelation here. And he's going to focus on points that matter to the king himself, which I love about this, in the way that John is able to get his own ideas out of the way. Now, notice, let us look at this again in verse 7. Jesus speaking, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth. Now, here we move in beyond just... 
the allocation of the grace of God. Not just God giving what God done, what God allowed, what God overwhelmed and gave us. But we have the closing out of the book of Revelation of those that are going to live inside the city. Not just being crowned with all that God done. But they're also going to match what they have done in response to what they've received from Him. Now has He done great things? Without a doubt. Without a question. But it's not just kept with what He has done alone. You know, it's not you and the Lord Jesus working out what you can do. But it is you obeying what He has done and receiving what He has done for you. And then keeping what His Word says. Now notice this ain't John, this is not the angel. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Blessed is he that keepeth, that his guard protect, keepeth his own metaphorically to make it a reality in his own life. So he keeps the saying of this book. Now the Greek word here for book is biblion. This is the word where we get the word Bible from. In case you didn't know, this is where the word Bible comes from Biblion which is means a, a document or a context or a letter so now notice the Lord Jesus says blessed behold I come quickly blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book now he's, he's focusing on two things he's focusing on the contents of course of the New Testament merged together with the old but especially putting the emphasis on this book of Revelation now remember Remember the Gospels, or they were of such relevance, we know that. And we know that the epistles of, of, uh, of Paul and of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, written around 90 AD, they were of such value. But the Lord Jesus wants the value right now being that it's at the very end to be placed upon the book of the Apocalypse, which is the book of Revelation. Now we know the word in season has such a value to the Lord. So now he's not just saying, well, for those who remember, Memorize the Bible for those who quote the Bible. But he said, blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So you're not just blessed just because you read it. Now that is a blessing. Blessed are those that hear. Blessed are those that read. But here now we're talking about the right to the tree of life and the entrance into the gates of pearl. So now we move beyond just being blessed to hear it. Oh, I'm blessed because I go to a good church. Well, that truly is a blessing. But now we're moving into the right of the tree of life. And that word right is actually excusia, which is one who has authority to be able to demand of the tree of life its full benefits. So now we're moving into those that actually are such a part of the economy of God that they have the restored right that Adam lost in the Garden of Eden. So they're not just receiving something that they're not already a part of, but they have a family inheritance which gives them the right to the tree of life. I shouldn't be preaching this. This is for tomorrow. But they are going to inherit the right to the tree of life. And part of this is going to be their attributes because we're describing the city with all of its beauty, all of its character. But now we move into the character of the people who's going to live inside the city. And one of the traits of those people are is that they are obedient to the word. So they don't make 
make excuses. Well, I can't live right because of. If it wasn't for so-and-so, I would do better. Well, if it wasn't for Brother Donnie, I'm a lot of folks' excuse why they can't go to heaven. Oh, it's my fault because they can't live right. It's my fault because they can't overcome, but that won't hold water, friends. It don't with me, and I know it don't with God. Look, you can blame me all you want to. If you go to hell, you might as well accept responsibility. It ain't my fault, it's yours. If you go to hell, don't blame your wife, don't blame your children, don't blame Brother Branham. Just accept the truth. You chose hell over heaven. That's how plain it really is. Now, notice the Lord Jesus is going to emphasize not just quoting the Word, talking the Word, even saying amen to the Word with your lips, but actually in keeping the Biblion. And notice in St. John 14, 24, He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. This is quite simple, isn't it? He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Everybody can say amen to this tonight. I never remember. This is not a, you know, this is not a preacher. This is not a deacon. This is the Lord Jesus. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent sent me. Now notice the same continuity as John heard this on the Isle of Patmos. It comes from uh, St. John, but also moves over into 1 John chapter 2 verse 3. Hereby we do know that we know him if we quote his word or if we go to church or if we pay our tithes or if we buy the widow some coal. No, if we keep his commandments, hereby we do know. Now, we looked at this word last week, no, but I want to look at it again because it has such a powerful meaning. To be able to perceive or understand, to become acquainted with, to know, to the Greeks, this meant to know facts. But these facts, oh my, may or may not affect one's conduct but to the Jew, true knowledge always manifested itself in one's conduct. One did not know something until that fact had a practical outworking in his life. And Happy Valley said... Now you realize this spirit is not dead. So there's many people around the message fill out because they can quote Brother Branham said this and Brother Branham said that and Brother Branham said this and Brother Branham said that. They feel like that they are a message believer because they quote it and they know dates and facts and you know this happened here. But that, that really itself only means you're able to read and memorize. If that's all the message is to you, you might as well memorize the Amish catechism or the Mennonite catechism or the Methodist catechism but these facts should have an outworking in our life to make us live different act different, talk different and walk different than the rest of the world that's right notice in, in, in verse 4 here that John says he that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a Laodicean he is a liar now, I know we don't like this kind of plain talk in this day, but this is what my Bible says, and I'm called to preach the Bible. 
So I'm going to say the same thing the Bible says. A man says he loves God with all of his heart. He don't keep God's word. Well, there's one word I've got for him. He's a, he may be a, a rich man. He might be a wealthy man. He might be an educated woman, whatever more. But they are liars. Oh, I love God with all my heart, but I can't keep his word. I don't think it's important. You, my friend, are a liar, and liars go to hell. Well, praise the Lord. That's not very deep, but it sure is the truth. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not. Now, why in the world would the Lord Jesus want to close out the book of Revelation, one of the greatest books of the New Testament, with these simple statements? Because he's paralleling the character of the people that will reside in the city by the character of the king that will be in the city. Now, you put liars inside of that city. It would be unfitting to put a person that can not live the word, can't keep the word and they got to make 47 excuses why they can't do it. Oh, they just can't do it and you're going to let them people live in streets of gold and gates of pearl and that is a match to the heavenly city. It is not a match at all. Well, praise the Lord. So what kind of people would you want to put inside that city? Faithful, obedient, baptized by the Holy Ghost, those who are born again, they are a new creation, they match the new creation city. Now we know that there is a big difference in knowing the truth and the truth actually being inside of you. Now knowing the truth can come from gnosis, which is knowledge, one of the Greek words used for knowledge, and that is that we study, you know, there's actually studies where people just study the scripture and they're really not even born again, but yet they give their entirety of their life in studying the Greek words, Aramaic, and then studying the Hebrew and all of that. Now they could put us to shame as far as their knowledge, but we don't know him by the Greek words. We don't know him by was it Aramaic? Was it half Greek? Was it Hebrew? Was it, that's not the way we know him. We know him by a revelation. Right? That is the new birth. That is the new birth. When God reveals to you the mystery of God, then that is the revelation of the new birth. Now then whenever we know him, then we know things about him. Of course. And the more I know about him, the more I want to know about him. And that's why I study nearly every day of my life and get hours on end to study him because I want to know his way. Don't you? I want to know his character. I want to know his traits. The more I find out about him, the better I can serve him. But I don't want to just know him from here because Christianity does not just the concept of the mind but it is a new creation of the heart. Now the mind pulls the thoughts through of course and it feeds down into the soul but we want to know him. Malachi 4 was not sent to turn our heads but turn our hearts. Right. Now notice John said, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. So then a person can know about the Lord Jesus, he can know about water baptism, he can know about the message, but yet if he's a real obedient son or daughter of God, then of course the truth abides in him, which cannot be planted there by knowledge. Now I can teach you truths, I can teach you principles about God, and you can say, 
sat here service after service and learned things about him. But yet if the truth is not abiding in you, it will never release to you the power, the dunamis, to help you to live what the truth says. What it will do is it will prick your conscience and you say, now I shouldn't do that because Brother Donnie said so and so. And I shouldn't do that because I've heard Brother Darrell read a quote and I heard Brother Terry say this and I heard Brother West say in the youth meeting, I should not do that. But if truth abides in you as a person, then it is more than your conscience. It is your life and that truth actually releases dunamis from the inside of your soul which is a power that helps you to do what the flesh cannot do. And it brings your body subject to the word. Now you talking about a miracle that the body's not even born again. The body's not even saved. The body ain't even regenerated yet. But the dunamis inside of you has so much power it makes the body go to church when the body wants to stay at the house. It makes the body raise its hands when the body said, my hands is tired. My arms are tired. I don't feel like turning the other cheek. I don't feel like doing this or that. But the dunamis inside of you said, get them hands up in the air. Raise your voice. Praise be to God. Clap your hands. Shout to the Lord, all ye people. Why? Because the dynamite in your soul overpowers the sluggishness in your flesh. Amen. Oh, praise God. Notice this. I love what John says here in verse 5. No, he said, but whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Wow, isn't that amazing? So it's not just what you believe. Well, I believe the Lord Jesus. I believe in predestination. I believe that God sent a prophet. That's not what the Bible says. Those who keep his word. Now, there's no way that you're going to be able to keep it, of course, without believing it. But some can believe it and not keep it. But you can't keep it and not believe it. So the aspect is come through the mind of course the mind grasps it which is the womb and it comes right down to the soul born again and from the soul then it regenerates itself and comes right back out into obedience you believe every word he said whether you understand it or not every word God said in his Bible your faith says amen Lord. Try to explain it well I can't. Well how does this make sense? Well I don't know but I believe it anyhow. Well, why does the Bible say you can't do this? And why did the prophet say you can't go here and do that? Well, I don't know exactly. But all I know is he said it and I'm going to do it. Praise the Lord. Now, understanding will try to dissect it and say, well, that, that don't make any sense. I mean, why can't I do this and why can't I go there? Why do I need to do it this way? Well, faith says, I don't know why, but I know God said it. So that's good enough for me. But the mind will try to reason and figure it all out. You better keep that stuff out of your mind, brother, sister. Your mind is one of the worst places to try to figure out God. You don't want to try to figure out God in your head. Lord, help mercy. Some of the stuff we get through go through this trash pile up here. Don't sit there and look at me like a bunch of angels. I wonder how many of you have had wrong thoughts and bad thoughts and unclean. I wish somebody would preach with me tonight and they go through your head and you're going to try to figure out God up here? You'll never figure out God up here. You got to experience God down here in your heart. Amen. 
My, what a, what a characterization of the people of God in verse 5. But whoso keep us, not quote us, not study us, not like us, but whoso keep us his word, in him verily is the love of God, teleos. Teleos is a Greek word, which is to come to completion. In obedience, so those who keep the word, can't you see, well, the majority of Laodiceans fit there. So they want to find a church that the preacher will explain to them why they cannot keep the word and why they cannot live right. And after all, that's what you need the blood for. Because the blood, you know, it's there. And God knows we can't live right in this age. No, he don't know any such thing. God says we're more than able. God says we're more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that scripture runs all the way to the rapture. That's right. So God don't understand nothing about no lame excuses from the Laodicean why they can't live right. So you can see the love of God is not perfected because they magnify their disobedience. Oh my, whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. Now a man claims to have, a woman claims to have, teenagers claim to have, oh I love Jesus Christ, oh I love him with all of my heart. I give him my heart and yet disobey his word. Oh, I'm ready to go on the rapture. I'm ready to fight here and cutting your hair, sisters, and, and men dressing like women, and, and uh, I mean, all, all that goes on in this age, and going in the rapture. There ain't no rapture for people like that. Well, hallelujah. The love of God is not even perfected in them. But yet, Brother Donnie, it's not our works, you tell us. That's right. It's not our works that we're saved by. It's not our works that makes us righteous before God, but our works do matter to God. Oh my goodness, thank you Lord. You see, John says, whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. So professing, oh I love him, I have him within me, oh praise God. Uh, but yet I've not been baptized in his name. I really don't see the significance anyway. I don't believe the Holy Ghost. I don't believe you need to, you know, fall in line with this and that and the other. Well, it proves you're missing something. You see, that one which is truly born again by the Spirit of God, the very love of God is perfected in them, and it's not just by the long hair and the long dress, and that is important, but it's by the obedience of praying for your enemies as much as not cutting your hair. Also by fulfilling this scripture, be swift to hear, slow to wrath. Be slow, be swift to get mad. Be swift to throw up your fist. Oh, did you? Slow to wrath, slow to anger. Forgive. Turn the other cheek. When your enemy hungers, feed them. Well, praise God. Come on now, the same Bible that says don't cut your hair also says that. When you stand praying, forgive. And then the prophet said, so we see perfect faith is based on forgiveness. Praise God.
You see, where obedience exists with a new created heart, then it parallels the very perfection of the love of God in that individual because it's not in us. Lord Shannon, I wish you could understand this. It is not in any of us to keep God's word. It is not in. Oh, you said, well, I know so-and-so. No, I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are without the Holy Ghost. They may be as legal as they can be, but there will be a scripture. Here one, there one, there one, there. They cannot keep. Come on now. Because it's not in man without the new birth to keep every word of God. He cannot do it. You see, love to the Savior is defective without obedience. This is why the Laodicean church appeared before the prophet in a vision, if you can imagine it, naked. Little gray pieces of paper on our private parts. The rest of her naked. Dancing to rock and roll music and lyrics. That's the church. He said, oh God, that's the bride. That's the church. That's the church. So that's the majority of Christendom. Now you imagine, maybe one of the prophets saw it. That Brother Gay in, in, in that earlier years, and whenever he saw that, this church as a whole, there wasn't near as many of them in that state. But look at them today. Look at where they are today. Anything goes with them, friends. You know what's the truth? Why, there's no standard hardly left. And what standard many of them have is a man-made standard anyway. But the standard of God of purity and righteousness and obedience. Look at the gospel songs. What do many? Many of them emphasize. Say how many of them emphasize the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What do they emphasize? What do most of them talk about? The cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. That's all they know about the gospel. There's more to the gospel than just the cross. Come on, I thank God for the cross. I believe in the cross. But John the apostle stood at the very feet of the cross. He saw the Lord Jesus die on the cross. But look and see how many times he mentioned about it. And John, 1st John, 2nd John, 3rd John and Revelation. Why? John was a prophet revelated enough to know the cross is absolutely necessary. But you've got to be sanctified. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You have to have the revelation of God to build a stature of a perfect man. The cross is wonderful, but we've got to go on. Let us go on unto perfection. Praise God. Where obedience exists. Where obedience exists is the completion of the perfection of the love of God. Notice this John says in verse 6, He that says, He abideth in Him, ought Himself also so to walk. Even as He walked. So you can imagine Jesus on porn sites, right? You can imagine Jesus standing on the corner of the street gossiping about folks. Well, hallelujah. Come on now, saints. So notice John said, he that saith. Now he's saying this person says it. 
It's to be questioned, you know. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. Now that's simple enough, is it not? I'm the vine and you are the branches. I wonder how many radio preachers and TV preachers would here take these scriptures and preach them to their congregation. Wonder if they'd have 9,000 next Sunday. Or 3,000 or 4,000 or... I'd say they've been looking for a job. So not worry. They're not going to preach it. But I'm going to. Other men of God are going to. Why? I want to preach to inhabitants of the city who match the nature of the city itself. Notice this in 1 John chapter 3 verse 24. And he that keepeth his commandments... Lord, I'll tell you what, children, I I read this. It just, oh my goodness. He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth. Dwelleth. You imagine John with Fred saying, when we keep the word of God, we dwell in him. Not just him dwelling in us. But we actually are living, moving, walking, thinking, talking. Don't you see what separates the bride from the church? He that keep us, and we can keep them. There's only one person that could ever keep every word of God, and that was the Lord Jesus. You can't. I can't. There's only one way we can. Be born again. Then when you're born again, then it still ain't you. It's Christ in you. Amen. Then this is how the love of God is perfected because the very heart of God comes inside of us. The token is on display and it takes our body and brings our body subject to the life that's on the inside. Oh, I can't do it, Brother Donnie. I'd love to be there, but I, I can't live right. I can't either. But do what I've done. Do what countless of others have done. Surrender yourself to the Lord Jesus and be born again and let him live his life out of you. He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. He attends upon the instructions and the declarations of God's word. He just does what God says and he obeys it. And if he misses it, he repents and goes back. Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to pump this time. I'm going to work. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to learn by my mistakes. I want to figure out, Lord, how did I fall into that? I want to learn by that and do better by the grace of God. Oh, my. That's why the Bible tells us to lay aside that besetting sin which so easily besets you. You know what? Jesus ain't going to do that. That's up to you and I. Notice then John, as he goes on, he says, He that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him. I just got sidetracked a little bit today when I was studying on this, and I thought in him. Them words, in him. In him. Listen. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which don't believe, which don't just go to church, or just say they're in Christ, or say they're believers, but to them which are in Christ Jesus. Not just Christ Jesus in you, 
Don't you understand the true oneness of deity was the Father and Him, Him and the Father. True oneness of deity in us is Him and us, us and Him. <laughs> it's not just Him and us, it's us in Him. Oh Lord, children, if you could understand this tonight, you could realize your life can be so hid in Christ Jesus that the devil can't even find you no more. Praise God. Oh my. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Now that's not those who say they are. That's not those who are professing but every person in this building and every one of them around the world that's in Christ Jesus. There can never be a condemnation from God come to their soul. Notice in Romans 12, 5. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. And every one members one of another. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Well, this next verse didn't have them words in it, but they were so good I had to go ahead and put them down. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He chose us in him. Oh, glory to God. I made up my mind. You never done no such a thing. He chose you. He chose you. Glory to God. Before you was ever a mortal. Before you ever even had any conscience. He chose you to be a part of his bride. Hallelujah. Oh, get out of the way, devil. Then if we are in Christ Jesus, tell me what can stop us. Friends, this is why folks backslide. They're not in Him. They're in church. They're in Happy Valley. They're in the message, but they're not in Him. You can backslide from Happy Valley. You can backslide from the message. But if you ever get in Him, there ain't no getting out. Woo! Praise God. Oh my, I feel like letting out a war hoop like Geronimo, except on the devil. Look out, devil. Hallelujah. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of your will, of your mama's will, of your daddy's will, of his will. It was not you that chose him. It was not me that chose him. It was him that chose us. To the praise of the glory of His grace. To the praise of the glory of His grace. Wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved. Poor devil, I feel so sorry for him. Get on out of here, devil. 
We come to have church tonight, devil. Oh, my Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Does that sound like people that can't live right to you? Does that sound like feeble Christianity in the day that we're living in when people struggle with this and struggle with that? We got Christian drug addicts. We got Christian alcoholics. We got Christian homosexuals. Nonsense. I said nonsense. There is no such a thing in the Word of God. Woo, brother, sister, if you're born again, every devil is under your feet. I don't care what it is. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works which God ordained that we should walk in them. These are the folks that's going to walk right out of this world right into that city. There's a predestinated walk that follows a predestinated seed, which includes a predestinated life into a predestinated divine ordained city of God. Well, praise the Lord. I'm not just predestinated to be saved. I'm predestinated to live a holy life. Well, glory be to God. Hallelujah. I'm predestinated to walk a walk. I am predestinated to let deity live out of my flesh. I am predestinated to let the world know that Lord Jesus is not dead, but he is still alive. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are predestinated to walk like God, to talk like God, to live like God. Ephesians 3, 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. The gospel wasn't introduced by handing out books or playing tapes. The commission of the gospel was, go ye therefore and preach. Well, praise God. The devil would like it nothing best than all the message church that turns just turn into tape churches. You know, that'd be the plan of the devil, not the plan of heaven. The original gospel was, well, some of you's going to get quiet on me, but that's all right. The Lord Jesus is the one who founded this gospel, and he didn't tell the boys, go out and I tell them what you to do. I want you to go out and play my tapes, Peter, and don't you open your mouth. Don't you say one thing, but I want you to go preach the word. Not only preach it, but proclaim my resurrection. Tell them that I'm alive. Tell them that I'm a deliverer. Tell them that I'm a healer. Tell them that I'm El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh. Go preach it, boys. Praise God. Brother Donnie, what in the world's the matter with you? Full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm in Christ.
Colossians 3, 3. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. <laughs> Praise be to God. So Christ Jesus isn't just abiding in me, but I am abiding in him. First John 3, 24, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth. I don't want to just come and go in, Jesus. I don't want to move into him on Sunday morning about 9.15 and get real churchy for Sunday morning church. And then move into Jesus and put on my little religious this and that and the other. And then about 1.30 or so, I'm going to move back out of Jesus and take on my worldly outfit and my worldly costume and act like the world. I'll tell you one thing, I want to be in him 24-7. 365 days a year. Oh yeah, also on leap year that extra day, that's another day I can smack the devil in the mouth. Well, praise God. I never know when my Lord will call. I never know when my phone will wake me up in the middle of the night with somebody needing prayer. I want to live right close to God every day of my life. I don't want a Sunday morning religion. I don't want a Wednesday night religion. I want one that I can live every day. Praise God. I want one that I'm so in love with Him. I'll tell you one thing, friends. I'm more in love with Him tonight than I was when I got saved 50 years ago. I'm so I'm so glad he's still real. I'm so glad he's still a healer. I'm so glad he's still a deliverer. Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're serving a living God tonight? If I had a little bit of help, we'd have church. But y'all can done tell already I'm going to have it with or without you. I mean, me and Jesus is the majority here tonight, and we're having a time, so I'm not sure what the rest of you want to do. <laughs> and he that keepeth it. Oh, Brother Donnie, you're a fanatic. I am. Uh, you think that's going to embarrass me by you calling me a fanatic? You think you, oh, you don't even know what fun is? I think I do. You don't know what happiness is. Well, I believe I know what it is, that too. But you've never smoked, you've never drunk, you've never been out there in the world. Thank God, thank God, thank God. You're going to try to shame me and humiliate me and try to plead my ignorance? Oh my, you're right. I've never drunk. You're right. I've never had anything in my veins like that. But I've talked to plenty of people who have. I've talked to plenty of people who've tried everything they could get their hands on and it didn't bring them satisfaction and peace. So why in the world would I want to give up this great fountain of eternal life for something that does not satisfy and I know it won't. So I say, just give me more. Oh, praise God. Friends, do you realize how blessed you are tonight? To want to keep God's word. You have a built-in, a built-in genetic DNA from your spiritual deposit from God. 
which is a built-in desire for compliance, full compliance to the obedience of God's word. This is why you feel so sad when you don't feel like you're making the mark. This is why you feel so sad and so down on yourself when you fall short of the glory of God because it's in you not just to be a church member. It's in you not just to come here to Happy Valley and warm a spot. It's in you to be everything you're hearing preached. And when you fall short of that, oh, it just tears your heart out. Because it's something that's built in your new birth soul by the very attribute of God. It won't let you be a church member. If you could only understand it, when Jesus gave you a new birth, he recreated your soul with an obedient compliance to God's word. Where before you were born, you were born just as natural as you could be with a disobedient compliance. Rebellious, stubborn, hard-headed, hard-hearted. And once you become born again, something within you changes. And it's an inherent nature. An inherent nature by new creation. Which places within us, by the West, beyond our own understanding, beyond our own desire, even as a human, to keep every word that God said. Let's just be honest. Does this word shock you all out of the way that it helps you to live sometimes? Do you just look at yourself and say, wow, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just, I just prayed for that person. Ma, if this had been 10 years ago, I would smack them right in the mouth. Boy, if this had been so-and-so, wow, I can't believe that. Don't you see what it is? It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God living itself out of your life. And the life lived by the word is the word expressed. Remember, the prophet of God said, heaven consists of the word. Remember the voice telling him by the prophecy, a huge portion of heaven awaits them. He said, I always knew that heaven consists of the word. What are you talking about? How many acres is Brother Branham going to have? It's not so much acres that Brother Branham's going to have, it's followers. It's folks who have become the word. As I said to you Wednesday night, Brother Bram didn't leave us at William Branham University. We're not trying to be doctorate degrees of the message of the hour. He left us a word that would point our hearts back to the apostolic doctrine in the Bible. Oh. You see, the soul then that is born again by the breath of God has this automatically instilled in them. As the first birth put rebellion in you, the second birth puts obedience in you. And then the more you learn how to obey and the more you learn how to submit, it connects the intimate divine worship of what God wants you to be inside of him. Now, are you free from fault? No, we just read about John. John was not free from fault, but John knew how to take correction. Well, praise God. Can I have a few more minutes? St. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he might possibly, perhaps, on at least one Sunday out of the month, on Easter and uh, no doubt Good Friday, he will keep my words. 
That's not my Jesus. If a man love me, he will. How can he be so certain when he says this? Because he knows where the will come from. <laughs> that ought to make us shout. Oh, how can he say this with such certainty, Brother Terry? Because he knew it was his will that willed it in your will be on your will. Because it's not in our will to keep his word. We just can't do it. So what did he do? He said, children, submit yourself to me and I'll give you my will. I will will in you to do my word. If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my father will love him and we will. Boy, this is a will verse, ain't it? Forget your stinking will. That ain't your will here. It's God's will. My Father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode. Father and Son, Word and Spirit. So you won't just have the anointing. Glory, glory. And you won't just have the Word. You'll have both Father and Son. Amen. This is the way a believer can verify in their own heart. I love this word that John used whenever, whenever he phrased this of the Lord Jesus. If a man will love me, he will keep my word and he will abide. It's actually the Greek word there. And it is menia, which means operates in him by the operation of the Spirit of God. Praise God. In his life, God's spirit manifests, mania, operates out of this man. So it's like a doctor's now, as they went on in surgery and all that, and the doctor sits outside, and he's looking inside through a microscope or a telescope, and he takes this robot, and he sticks these tiny instruments inside of your body, and that robot is in there doing the incisions, and the robot is cutting, and the robot is doing this or that. But the robot ain't got a brain. The robot don't have a mind. But there's a man outside the body that's manipulating that robot. And that robot's able to go in there and snip this and slice that and cut this and put this in and take that out. And boy, my goodness, they all come out and shake that robot's hand. Ain't got no hand. Everybody go around and put their, their arm around that robot's neck. Ain't got no neck. It's only instrumentality. But it's through the operation of the intelligence of the more glory of the man sitting outside the body. Don't you understand? The operation of the Spirit of God is like the Holy Ghost inside of us operating this robot, if you will. It's not your ability to forgive. It's not your ability to understand the Word. Oh, I've got so much faith. It ain't in us to have so much faith. It's the man that was outside of our body that come in our body and now he operates the robot on the inside and all we do is say amen and the man outside said raise your hands and I ain't got no more sense than to act like a robot amen 
Now, some of y'all are disconnected. You see, true Christianity is a matter of the heart, not the tongue. Let me say it again. True Christianity is a matter of the heart, not of the tongue. Oh, I believe I'm this and that. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then what do they do? Nothing. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to rest. But true Christianity is a witness of a new birth or the birthing of the spiritual genos of God in you. Oh, Lord Jesus. Notice 1 John 3, 24. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him hereby we know. Well, friends, if you're still wondering whether you have the Holy Ghost or not, you're living beneath your privilege. God don't want you guessing. God wants you knowing. Hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he has given us, which does what? It don't just help us lay hands on the sick. It helps us keep the word. Well, glory. I love this in the rising of the sun. The prophet said, the spirit that raised him from the dead, the word, the dynamic of the word dwells in you. It also quickens your mortal body. Now, how are we flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone? Because quickly... While we were yet mortal sinners, mortal, ready to die, these bodies, it quickens that body. What's quickened? Bring to life. The spirit that once liked to drink, run around, commit adultery, and all these, it's quickened. Why? The thing died and you are resurrected. Amen. So the thing that was inside of you, oh my, here you was, you was another robot. So that thing on the outside of you said drink. So he went around. So I'm going to what are you doing? You're worshiping. Bringing idols into your temple. Committing idolatry. That's right, you're worshiping yourself when you're doing it, but killing yourself at the same time. Why? Because there was another force, oh my, that was taking the robotic control of your arms and of your eyes and of your ears and of your feet. And you'd get out and dance on rock and roll and country music and all that sort of thing. Preach, Brother Donnie. Then what happened? You got born again. So you go back into the closet. There's your tight skirts and your tight blouses. And that robotic control said, uh-uh. He said, what? What? What would make them African women down there that wasn't even taught holiness? They got saved one night in Brother Branham's meetings and they come back. My, what? Before they ever walked out, they put their arms over their naked bodies to clothe themselves. Why? The Spirit of Christ struck their hearts. It shows it is not struck the Laodiceans because they're taking more off going to church. My goodness, friends, a lot of modern-day churches look like nothing but brothels. Oh, Lord Jesus. Amen. It's a shame that a lot of our message churches are looking that way. 
Well, come on, Brother Donnie. And yet we say we have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will strike holiness in our hearts. Not just women, but men as well. Oh my, you reach up there to get your gin or your vodka or whatever more. And if the Spirit of God has struck your heart in the right way, you say, I don't need that stuff no more. I don't want that stuff no more. No way. Oh, you don't know it. But there's a brother that comes to our church here, heard me preaching several years ago. He was drinking. He was on several kinds of medication. He was taking pills, taking this and that and the other. And sitting right here in this church, the Spirit of God struck his heart one night. Oh my, the pray the grace of God delivered that man from alcohol. It delivered him from every drug he come back and ain't had no more desire sin don't you tell me the living God cannot do it he still does it but we just don't give up so somebody take, else takes over the robot so the robots used to Somebody else gets the new controls, and instead of going, it starts this way. Oh. Lord Jesus, www. not go there. Com. Oh, but a new control tower got connected on the inside. Oh, I feel like starting a revival here at Happy Valley. Oh my, something got on the inside and something struck your heart. I don't need to be looking at that filth no more. I don't need to be looking at that stuff no more. God's given me a wife and God's given me a holiness inside of me. That ain't right. That's unclean. Come on, children. That's unclean. That's ungodly. Why? Because someone else now has got control of that smartphone. Somebody else has got control of them www dots. It's the Spirit of God inside of you and it quickens your more the body from lying. It quickens your mortal body from the sensation of Satan to the living reality of the power of God. Amen. Amen. No more this. No more this. But all this. Oh, hallelujah. Because you're under control of somebody else. The spirit that once liked to drink, run around, commit adultery, and all this, it's quickened while the thing died. And you are resurrected. It quickens your mortal body. Therefore, your bodies is the temple of the dynamics. Because why? From the beginning, you're part of the mechanics. The mechanics is the logos which came out of the eternal. You was part of the mechanics when time began. Way back there in the eternity, you was part of the mechanics, but you needed your own dose of dynamics in order to produce a new birth. You could live for years with that little touch of mechanics in your soul and never do one thing. But once God sent down your dynamics, from the beginning, you are part of the mechanics. Oh, there! Is your resurrection. Aren't you glad you're raised from the dead tonight? There is the church and the resurrection with him. These bodies right now are quickened. See, you've heard, you believe. It changed you from a denomination to the word. Listen. 
If the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Oh, hallelujah. It will quicken your mortal body. It'll make you do things you didn't do before. It will make you do things you didn't do before. So who's doing it? The other you. The real you. Oh, glory to God. The person that don't want to do it sometimes is not the real you. No way. But it will make you do things you didn't do before. Oh, listen to this verse 216 and we'll close momentarily. Your body ain't subject to sin no more. You, your desire, say, hey, come on out here. You say, shut your mouth. Oh, we got the biggest shut your mouth. My, you're an eagle. Did you ever see how independent an old eagle walks? He don't hop like a vulture to every dead and all that carrying laying on the ground. No, sir, he walks and walks proud. Shut your mouth. Woo! Oh, here's a good dinner over here. Not for me. See, my desires has changed. <laughs> my appetite is different. For man shall not live on the world and carry it alone by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. A genuine quickened eagle lives by that. Amen. Oh, and he raised up Christ from the dead, dwelling in you has quickened your mortal body unto his presence. You recognize it. You're an eagle. Amen. You don't want the things of the world. You're a son and daughter of God. You're feasting at a fountain that the world knows nothing about. Now what do you figure? If the majority of Christianity, if I could have been projected on international television tonight around the world, and they could have sat and heard me for the last hour, you reckon the majority of Christendom would want to be here by in the morning? Or next Sunday? Or next Wednesday? They'd be shaking their heads thinking, them poor old people. Can you imagine them poor old people having to put up with a nitwit like that? That guy should have been a plumber or a, a farmer, maybe a preacher. He has no pulpit etiquette. He has no manners. He don't even know how to talk plain. He don't. True. True. I may not know how to talk plain. There's one among many things I do know how to do. I know how to preach mortals into a rapture. Now that may not be worth much to a lot of folks, but to me, that's what it's all about. I may not know homiletics. I may not know a lot of that stuff. I don't figure that's going to help change my body no how. But brother, sister, if we, by the grace of God, can get under the control and this body is simply like the robot. It slices, it cuts, it dissects, it does. By what? The power controlling it. So, let me ask you.
you're facing a gallbladder surgery or you're facing some kind of surgery and you hear that there's a doctor here in Johnson City and he uses the robot and it's less invasive. Your recovery is so much quicker. And so you have an appointment. <clears throat> 10, 15 Monday morning. You go in, you sit there, and you sit there, you sit there, you sit there, which most of you wouldn't do if you was in my office waiting on me. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Finally, the door opens, in walks this robot. I'll, I understand I am to operate on you. He has no eyes, no ears, no mouth. This is just coming out of a fake voice box. And you're saying, I'm out of here. <laughs> but if a human comes in and sits down, and says, so you're having this problem, this, 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 yes, okay. Well, let me tell you, we're going to go through this. And I, I, I'm, I'm one of the doctors that use this, this robotic arm and do this. And that, yes, sir, I've heard of that. That's one reason I'm here. Because I've heard you have such great success. Do you want to inspect the robot? Or you want to make sure it's well oiled and all that? You're not even going to see it more than likely. You're going to be in la la land. <laughs> but as you come to and then the doctor will come out and tell your family she did great. He did great, was able to do this and that and the other. You still hung up on the robot? I want to see the robot. And that's the way we become a preacher sometimes. We want to make an idol out of the cord cutter or the slicer. Why? Why? Only a robot in the hands of God. First John chapter 5, verse 3. We'll pick this up in the morning. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. Wow. I thought the love of God was everything He'd done for me. Where you been going to church? This is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And I love these next words. And His commandments are not grievous. Now that's an absolute amazing miracle because to our flesh many times they are. But He's speaking about our body. He's speaking about our soul. How many can say amen to that? You have to do things sometimes you don't want to do. And y'all ever have to do things you just don't want to do. That's your body. But something inside you nudging you to do it. It's your born-again DNA. Amen. Praise be to God. Let's bow our heads together. I hope I didn't scare you all to death tonight. Praise the Lord. Blessed Lord Jesus. I'm sure that we don't understand. I'm sure that I probably don't understand it the way I need to. I'm asking you to help me. Lord, to see how blessed we are to have a desire to keep your word. We were ever one born in that lost state, born rebellious, stubborn, hard-headed, born with that satanic influence in our lives. But yet, Lord, we look at ourselves tonight by your grace and see that our deepest, greatest desire is to please you.
to serve you, to be what you want us to be. Thank you for that, Father. Because we know there had to be a creative work of the Almighty God. The same God who's made the beautiful streets of gold and the gates of pearl. The same God that's created the walls of Jasper has created in us a soul, a desire, an intent, a purpose, a compulsory drive that makes us want to live for you. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we love you so much. What the world looks at by our standards and all oh, them poor people, they can't go here, they can't do this, they can't do that. They look at these walls that we're behind and they consider them prison walls. But we look at them from the inside out and say, them's not prison walls, them's castle walls. We're in the castle with our king. Praise God. But y'all are prisoners. We agree with that. We are prisoners. But we're not prisoners in chains. We're prisoners of love. Unlike Satan who captures his because he knows if they ever really get a true taste of Jesus and his mercy, they'll never come back to him again. But you leave your doors wide open. You let us be tempted. You let us be tried in every way because you do not want us held by chains of fear. If you do this, do that, I'll throw you in hell. I'll get rid of you. I'll divorce you. I'll No. So your castle doors are swung wide open. You let us hear them voices that Brother Branham just said. Come on out. Do this. Eat this. Eat that. We, by those chains of love in our hearts, say, I'm an eagle. I don't eat that stuff no more. I used to did. But it would make me sick to my stomach now. Because my diet has been changed. Praise God. Thank you, Father. We know that has to be from you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord God, if there's one here tonight or listen to this service, what I've talked about, they don't know it in the way that I've preached it. But maybe thus far, you've been a Jesus of their mind. A Jesus that has led them to sanctification. Maybe even a Jesus that led them to a partial walk of sanctification. But you've never led them to a regening, a regeneration. Lord God, while they're streaming on their computer, and their laptop, their smartphone, may the Spirit of God be able to reach them to their hearts, Lord. If there's one here tonight in this place, they're still struggling with that old man. Help them, Father. Lord Jesus, our day of that cycle is moving closer and closer. We know we cannot save ourselves, deliver ourselves, but we know there's things we must do. And we want to do everything that is our part. Help us, Father. Oh, praise God. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord God.
I bless your name. I bless your name. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Have your way tonight, Lord Jesus. Breathe across this congregation, O breath of God. Breathe new life. Breathe renewing. Breathe healing. Deliverance. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can we just raise our hands, saints, in His presence, whatever you need. Whatever you need from tonight, just let your faith tap into the very presence of the Almighty God. Bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. I am a new creature. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm not what I was, but I am a new creature. Hallelujah. My desire is to serve you. My desire is to live for you. My greatest disappointment, Lord, is not that I can't get drunk. My greatest disappointment is not that I can't get high on some sort of drug. But my greatest disappointment is when I've missed you somehow, Lord. I thank you for that because I was not born that way. I was born between Don and Betty Reagan, come to the world a sinner, speaking lies, wrong, sinful. But something got a hold of me and changed me. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I thank you tonight, Lord Jesus, for my new birth. It ain't getting old to me, Lord. I appreciate it now more than I did when it happened to me years and years ago. Lord, the more I look around, the more I realize how few mortals there are on this earth. Oh, praise God with a real new birth. I just want to take time to let you know I appreciate mine. I'll never be a millionaire. I'll never have this great big thing or that great big thing. But there's one thing I'm thankful for tonight, and that is my Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for my new birth. I'm thankful for my seal. I'm thankful for my understanding. I'm thankful for my walk with God. I'm thankful tonight for my position in Christ Jesus. There ain't enough devils in hell to steal away what you've given to me, Lord. I pray you'd help each one of us tonight. May it strike something new in our hearts that we're more grateful, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Bless your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Don't you appreciate him, saints? Sing that for us, Harry. Have your way. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This yearning deep within me reaches out to you. Yes, Lord. Your all of joy. Morning, thank you, Jesus. Soaks me, makes me new, and I will go.
Almighty God, which is, which was, and which is to come. Thank you, Father. You who dwelt alone with cherubims, you desired to have children, children who would love you, who would serve you. You allowed Satan through your first son temporarily set this program in time so your greatness would be expressed. Oh, but Father, before long, this moment of time as we know it will cease to exist. We will come back into that great eternal presence, this time not as thoughts, this time not as attributes, but as human beings in glorified eternal bodies. Praise God. We worship you with all our hearts. We worship you. Lord God. More power, more power, more of you in my life. Lord God, I don't have it. More love, hallelujah, Jesus. More power, blessed be the name of the Lord. More of you in my life. I will worship you. With all of my heart, I will worship you with all of my mind. Oh, yes, Jesus. I will worship you with all of my strength. You are my love. Or face. More love, oh hallelujah, more power, more dynamis, more of you in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. 
enjoyed that tonight. Let's sing that we've been made more than conquerors. We've been made more than conquerors. I, I, so love, I so love a message that not just shows us forgiveness, how to give forgiveness of sin, but how to live a life that overcomes sin. Amen. Appreciate tonight. We've been made more than conquerors. Let's sing that as we go. Just remember the service in the morning. Sing this as you go. We've been made more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ.